As it was, even first or last thing in the day, I had to be careful. There were colonies of moorhen and at least a pair of mallard who had their homes along the margins of the water, in the reeds and by the water-lilies, and careful though I was, they never failed to make a fuss when I came down to swim. There were a few deer as well, down to drink now and then, very early or late, strayed from the herd that roamed the great parkland of the estate above the valley. I'd surprised a big antlered buck on my path down to the water two mornings before. It had crashed away through the undergrowth like a lorry. There were pheasants, too, much more common in the surrounding bushes, wily, richly coloured old birds who never seemed to fly, patrolling secret pathways instead, beaks to the ground, who, unless you nearly stepped on them, said nothing. It was one of these splendid cocks who probably saved me that morning. The moorhens had batted away as usual on my arrival, skating nervously across the water, while the mallard, getting used to me, I suppose, had swum with more dignity up to the north end of the lake. But everything was finally still as I lolled in the water then, just out of my depth, treading ground, the liquid swirling in chilly spirals round my legs. The early mist smoked about my face as I swam out towards the fallen trunk, but I could see upwards into the morning now, through the ring of great trees that circled the lake, see the growing shafts of gold pushing the night away, and the blue that was coming, pale blue now, with last stars in it, that would soon form a leaden dome over the hot day. I rested against the moist trunk, digging my fingers deep into the thick moss. There was a sudden damp smell of old ruined gardens as I scratched at it, some memory of contentment. Then the pheasants sang out, a shriek of outrage across the water, its surprise filling the air with danger in an instant. At first, dead still, with my nose just above the tree trunk, I heard nothing more and thought it a false alarm. But when the bird cried again and got up in a great flurry of wing-beats and headed out over the lake towards me, I knew someone must have driven it from cover. Then I saw the man, a hundred yards away, emerging from the undergrowth just above my oak tree. He stood for a moment at the edge of the water by the old boathouse, a big Alsatian dog inquisitively beside him, a shotgun loosely crooked in his arm, looking straight at me, it seemed, as he followed the bird's path right over my head. At that distance, I didn't know it was Ross. The man was dressed like a caricature of an old-fashioned gamekeeper, in plus fours, tweed jacket and cap. He took up the shotgun then, making a pass with it in the air before levelling it straight in my direction. I saw the brief flash of light, a shaft of crystal morning sun on the barrel before I ducked behind the fallen trunk, the water suddenly cold all over my body. But when I looked up again after half a minute, the man was gone, and I glided quickly back under the willow trees and onto the shore. I had my bow and two sharp arrows, but I couldn't get home. The keeper was obviously coming down the lake shore towards me, was already between me and my treehouse. I couldn't get back to the beech branch that leant over the hill halfway up the valley, nor could I risk making for the other, smaller branch, which would lift me to safety, thirty yards to my left above the stream, for to get over there would be to risk crossing right in his path. The only escape was off round through the woods on the other side of the lake, making for the old pumping shed, an area which had as much intermittent cover as my own side of the water, 
but where the trees, I knew, had no saving lower branches at all. In any case, trees were no real use to me now. There was the dog, who might very soon pick up my scent and then track me to any hidden cover. I had to keep moving and hope to drop the tail somehow as I went along. For the first ten minutes after I'd made off round the other side of the lake, I thought I'd lost them. The woods were calm behind me, a vast summer morning calm. The sun had risen in a great arc of gold high above me, the top leaves of the great copper beeches already a deep bronze colour.